Yeah, um, one big thing that come up in your words was yeah. we got to tame the beast. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like, people would have seen previous races I've done on the track and in the road. I get eager. Yeah. There's no why. I like to get off fast on the start and yeah. just almost just grind it out until I got nothing left. Yeah. Which sometimes it can be a good thing, but a lot of the time yeah. there's no back end to my races just yeah. because of it. Welcome to the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced runner and running physiotherapist. I created this podcast not only so I had an excuse to talk running each and every week, something that I love to do, but more importantly, this podcast gives me the opportunity to interview fellow runners, friends and health professionals in a relaxed and easygoing format. This podcast is designed for the everyday runner, so we can all live, learn, grow, and enjoy everything there is to running together. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode 30 of the Run Culture podcast. On this podcast, I'm going to go over my training towards the Canberra 50K Ultra Run. So I'll go over the last 10 days since I've last chatted to you. And I'm also going to introduce a new member to the Run Culture Hours, Pete Dutton. And we do a 30-minute interview with Pete, just introducing him to the listeners so you know what he's like and what his aims are for this season. And going to be obviously following him um, over the course of the next year or so, um, catching up with him regularly and seeing how he's going and seeing how his training's going and I just think, um, you know, doing these catch-ups with some of the athletes I'm coaching just, you know, provides valuable insight to those decisions that you need to make as a runner and a running coach on a daily, weekly basis. And and um, it, it also helps us um, keep keep sort of honest and, um, and actually keep our reasoning processes pretty strong so that we know that um, everything that we're choosing to do has been reason through and calculated and we're not running for the sake of running so now interview with pete went really well and um pete's been a great addition to the squad already and we go through that in the interview all right so we'll go through uh, my last 10 days uh since i've last caught up personally um with my training with you guys um i've been to new zealand and back so i went over to christchurch for my good friend Caden shields wedding uh to rachel carr and they had an amazing day in Christchurch uh, on Friday the 7th uh, of February. I ended up uh, the day before just doing a bit of a hard workout, 3 by 3 k with the guys I coach at Ballon Park. Ended up doing the 3 by 3 k I wanted to do some half marathon pace sessions, as I sort of indicated last episode, just because I think that's where I need a really target is um get a bit of uh speed work in the legs and running at um some some splits under um 320 per k uh and sort of more doing those half marathon specific sort of sessions i think i've found in the past that i actually respond really well to them and um i suddenly my my marathon road running sort of pace uh feels a bit easier so after doing that big trail running build up for two bays uh that's been the goal so that's why i decided to do three by three k and i sort of rolled around in 953 949 and 940 
off a good sort of three minute recovery and uh yeah 20 minute warm up and warm down so that was in the morning before I left for Christchurch and then in the afternoon before I caught on I jumped on the plane I I just rolled around for seven and a half k just locally uh at the Franks Frankston Reservoir um at 506 per k with Remy and then it was onto the plane and caught the plane and and didn't get uh to New Zealand till pretty late at night um so got in and stayed at a backpackers, the old country house backpackers, which um, after catching an Uber from Christchurch Airport to to where I was staying, the, the Uber driver scared me a little bit. He said, this is a bit of a down and out sort of area of Christchurch and uh, you know, just be careful. Um, I don't know. I, I found like it was pretty fine in the end. Um, the backpackers was fine. It was nice and safe. You could lock your door and it was nice and well kept and I found um, everyone very accommodating. Um, anyway, I got there pretty late um, at night and checked in uh, to my hotel and and got some sleep, but, yeah, it really wasn't the best rest restful sort of sleep. And I suppose uh, what I have found is I've been burning the candle a bit at both ends uh, with, you know, doing a few podcasts, working hard and seeing a lot of patients and then doing my running and, and then obviously trying to have some kind of social life as well. So... Um, I've just got to be careful um, and that's sort of probably the, the theme of the next next few weeks is yeah I'm up in my training but I've still got to be very careful that I'm conscious of you know eating well, hydrating, sleeping well and um, if it means that I have to adjust training a little bit and take the edge off then so be it. Uh, so that's sort of where I'm at in terms of I, I feel like I'm sort of on the, on the edge a little bit in terms of yeah I'm fit and healthy but then it could quite easily go into um that overtraining sort of um uh really tired tired state quite easily if I'm not not careful which I have done in the past I remember um back a couple of years ago when um they actually um had the uh, what was it the the bolt um athletic series the nitro athletic series where uh, I actually did some physio for that and I ended up doing you know that on top of my work and still trained for Rotterdam Marathon and I just put myself in a hole and it took myself about four weeks to recover from that so I've got that experience in the back of my mind uh, so but yeah that, that three three by three k session before I caught the plane went really well and um, and uh, and then when I was over in Christchurch I didn't have any session planned purely because I felt like I had a good week before that and um, I just sort of planned my week like that so that I could do a really decent long run with Caden but that's about it and just enjoy enjoy Christchurch. So um, before the wedding on Friday, I just went for 65 minutes easy, just at 5.18 per K and, and I used this run to just explore Christchurch. So went along the river from my accommodation all the way to Hagley's Park and then back and and got a really good idea of, um, oh, along with the insight from all the Uber drivers that I uh, met, um, they were pretty much my um, guides for the trip. But yeah, got an insight on how many uh, red zones there are still um, from the earthquake in t- back in 2011 and, and how expensive it is to actually put some foundations in place to these empty sort of expanses in the city to actually build again. So a lot of businesses can't afford rebuilding uh so a lot of the areas seem to to have sort of turned into zones where you can't build or their car parks or um yeah so it looks like i mean it, it does look like a 
a city that is recovering, but it's still very slow and it still looks like it's um, very much recovering. And um, I suppose they have to, when they're building now, they have to really be kept cautious. I know um, talking to Caden and Rach um, about um, the house that they rent, um, uh, apparently that house spent $300,000 on the foundations alone. Um, so you can see how that sort of limits um, building um, in the area and, um, you know, it's so expensive to, to build in Christchurch. Um, so now that was a really nice run and I really liked Hagley's Park. It reminded me of sort of a princess princess park in Melbourne, um, uh, yeah, or Faulkner Park in Melbourne, and, uh, yeah, just some really nice um, places to do a tempo um, or, or sort of some quality workouts. And Caden uses that area a fair bit for his marathon sort of quality sessions. Uh, then it was off to the wedding, and it was a great day for the wedding. It was really sunny, and, and Caden and Rach had a great day. And, uh, um, yeah, they just had it at this nice, nice sort of garden area and a chapel and then we all had, you know, a lot of food and drinks um, that afternoon. And then it was out for dinner and then a lot of dancing. And then finished up at about 1, 1 o'clock uh, at night. And then, um, yeah, went back to Cordonuba, back to um, where I was staying at the Backpackers. And then Saturday, I just did a really easy shuffle in the morning. I was a little bit worse for wear at sort of 6.07 per K, just around the streets of where I was staying. Then it was off for brunch uh, with everyone from the wedding, um, just at a nice cafe and, um, yeah, just got the breakfast with the lot. And then straight after that, we went to Bottle Lake Forest. So um, got a lift with Caden and, and caught up with his mates and just ran 15Ks at 4.35 per K for 70 minutes just through Bottle Lake Forest. And this forest is just an amazing forest. Like it's 25 minutes out of Christchurch, but there was pine trees everywhere um like and then it was just right on the beach um to be honest I've, i haven't done a run like it and uh it was so soft on the legs it, it kind of it reminded me a little bit of maybe say a flagstaff and then i haven't really run much around um uh eugene oregon or the pre pre-trail but it reminds me of what people have told me about that um just really soft underfoot, but just so many k's of um, beautiful trails through the trees. So, you know, that's some that's a run that I'll remember for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, then after that, I just um, went out for dinner uh, with Caden and Rach and 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 Caden's Caden's um, close family, and um, had a had a dinner with them. And um, yeah, I was really appreciative that I was allowed to come along. Um, and, and then Sunday, I. Um, Jumped in, uh, caught, an, caught an Uber up to the um, uh, uh, oh, I've forgotten what it was called, but um, uh, the View to Kiwi, I think it was, and um, yeah, did a and and Caden ran up there, and then I jumped in with him, so he was already rolling. He'd done ten k's already, um, a climb up to where I was, so he'd already done a fair effort. And then I jumped in with him and he was rolling along. So I very rarely um, open up with a 3.55 first K, but that's what was what it was. And he's training very hard for, for Rotterdam Marathon. And, and I really think if he gets a good day and he, um, I mean, he is going for the Olympic qualifier and, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets it, but if he, if he doesn't get it and he finds the pace too hard, you know, he might, 
he you know potentially might sort of blow up and lose a few minutes but he definitely is in without a doubt in 212 to 213 shape right now and and I didn't want to interfere with his training so I just tried to keep up and and let him go um when he needed to go um hard so pretty much I just uh yeah went on really hard on the downhill with him and then we got to a flat area and kept up with him for about 50 minutes um and we were sort of averaging low four minutes per k and then that's when we got to the bottom of the bast the bastard and and that that's a, a renowned hill in the area where it, it actually is 30 minutes of climbing um and i've never done 30 minutes of climbing before where there's no reprieve um but there literally was no reprieve it was just up for 30 minutes and uh you know the run at the finish was 32 and a half K for 803 metres of climbing. I reckon we did the vast majority of that 800 metres of climbing was in the bastard. Um, so it was, you know, a good, you know, 700 metre climb uh, in half an hour. And uh, it was unrelenting. And, and Caden sort of uses those climbs as his, because uh, he just runs the run with a heart rate monitor. So he's got his zones that he tries to keep to. So for, for certain sections of the run, he tries to keep his heart rate um, down below, uh, I think it was 165, he said, um, or, or, or below 160, and that's where he's just cruising along. And then there's the hills, and, and in the hills he really tries to work them. And, you know, there was probably uh, the first hill that he did, and then there was that the bastard hill, and then there was a few hills at the end as well. So, yeah, he has sort of periods where he just works really hard. And, you know, I, I can understand why he's such a good runner, um, and he's so good at the marathon, Um uh, that's why he is 30th in the world, and that's why he has run a 2.15 marathon on debut um, because he does 42 Ks, you know, over sort of 900 to 1,000 metres of climbing in three hours. Um, so, you know, under or under three hours, so sort of in like 4.10 to 4.12 per K, um, just with periods of, you know, solid, solid, um, solid running and he even said after it when we were sitting down at um, the view of the Kiwi the cafe there at the end of the run for a coffee he even said look I could have kept going for another hour um, so he's so used to that run and he, he, that's a weekly session for him so I was pretty appreciative that he's, he's, he's told me about that run for, for ages and, and that he really wanted me to <laughs> join him uh, and uh, I didn't even mention the views just then the views were incredible uh, and Really, I, I feel like we were running on the edge of a fault line. Um, that's how steep some of those hills were. And, and I suppose because Christchurch, unfortunately, has been ravaged by earthquakes, it makes sense that it's going to be pretty hilly hilly around there. And, and uh, yeah, just checking uh, my Strava and getting a few comments from Michael Kernahan, he was saying that that area has been affected by... Uh, or, or there were three sort of volcanoes around that area and it has been hit by from um, volcanic action. Um, so yeah, that, it was a really interesting place to run. Then the next day, oh, you know, that then I, I just sort of hung around with um, Caden and Rach and, um, and yes, had a bit of a look around Christchurch as well. And then it was off back home, got home um, at about 10.45 that night and then into bed by 1 p.m. So big four days and, and then it was off to work, 7.30 a.m. Pilates class on Monday and then after work, I um, just did an easy 70 minutes uh, along Cool Stores, um, that Manalyzer rail trail, and did, um, you know, just that at 4.56 with uh, Remy, my dog. After that, it was um, Tuesday, and um, I just did a lot of easy running still, just appreciating that I went pretty hard with Caden. So, 
did uh, went to Ballon Park in the morning and uh, did tw- twenty minute warm up with the guys I'm coaching and watched their session and then a twenty minute warm down with them and you know did about four k's for both of those warm ups and warm downs. Then um, yeah went back home and did the Re- Justin Rinaldi interview which I hope um, a few of you guys listened to and enjoyed and then interviewed um, yeah Pete Dutton who yeah you'll hear hear from after this. Um, then did a bit of work and then after that ran ran for 60 minutes um, uh, with Remy, uh, my dog again, uh, for 12.2Ks at 4.53s. So, yeah, you know, just another, just a good easy day of 20Ks of running. Uh, then it was on to Wednesday, and what I had planned for Wednesday was a 30K steady state run where I wanted to run at 90% my marathon pace for 30Ks just at Seaford Wetlands. I uh, woke up and I, I, the writing was on the wall. Like I struggled to get out of bed. So I knew I was pretty tired from, you know, be it um, New Zealand or or just burning the candle at both ends, like I said before, um, like I have been. I wish I brought my heart rate monitor for this one, but unfortunately I didn't even have my watch. So I had to use my phone. I used my phone and just um, put like audio 500 meter splits on my um, on my Strava so I could hear them through my headphones. I was listening to music while I ran uh, that was interesting. I, I didn't. I didn't mind just hearing my splits um, every five hundred meters, so I knew what pace I was on. But it did get a little bit annoying as I went. Uh, once I got to sort of, you know, seventeen k's, I sort of thought twenty oh, k's is going to be enough, especially because by that stage I was feeling like it was enough. Like I was, I was feeling like that was plenty for for this one session, and just understanding that there's no such thing as a special session and and a and a magic session, and and it's a case of like making sure that I don't get overtrained and don't overdo it. So also appreciating that it's only four and a half weeks at this point after two bays. Um, so, yeah, I just did 20Ks at 347 per K for 75 minutes. I've, I did For those that have listened to my two bays trail, like I did a 25K and a 30K um, where I tried to do sort of this session. And, uh, you know, this session is probably um, the worst I've done for this set one um over the last couple of months but look i understand why and i'm not reading too much into it i know i'm fit i just got to make sure that um i'm balancing um balancing everything so that i i I slowly come good did a 10 minute warm up 10 minute warm down and um yeah and then just sort of uh got home you know ate a fair bit and then it was off to work and yeah then it was my birthday thursday um so I woke up, went in the morning, um, just did a 20-minute warm-up with the guys at Ballon Park. Um, was very thankful for the present they all gave me. They gave me this um, amazing collage that Damien Clark had spent about five hours making. Apparently, it was 147 photos that he just printed off at Kmart, and he glued them all together and framed it. And it was this massive piece like um, that's going to be um, just uh, on, the, on, the, on the wall in my gym where all the guys do gym. So yeah, I was really thankful for that. I was so thoughtful and it was a year worth of memories of um yeah, the squad and the run culture hours. Um after a good 20 minute warm up, um I ended up pacing um just Damien and uh Ben Griffith. Um and another guy's been jumping in here and there um with the squad and um he's a great guy, uh, very friendly and um such a talent. Um, so yeah, pretty keen to get him on board and and get him training, but yeah, we just um they they had 1k reps, so I just you know, help them through for 800 off the front, just make sure that they were, you know, hitting the right pace that we wanted. And I just wanted them to do sort of roughly a a 5k pace. So 
I hit 236, 233, 231, 226 uh, for the 800s off about the same recovery. So it was a pretty easy session for me, um, but it was quite kind of nice just um, doing that sort of, oh, I'd, I'd regard it as um, my half marathon pace. So it was just good to do some, you know, four lots of 800 at half marathon pace just to stride my legs out and it wasn't taxing. Then 20 minute warm down. In the afternoon, and I just ran after after work. I ran with Remy again around Frankston Reserve, and um, yeah, just at four fifty fives, and um, yeah, got another seven and a half k done, and then went out for dinner with Jess, celebrating my birthday. It was kind of like a birthday slash Valentine's Day celebration, just at Cheeky Squires in Frankston, um, and had a massive Palmer. So yeah, that was a that was a perfect birthday, really. <laughs> and then um, yeah, Friday fourteenth uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, just at, um, yeah, 10 in the morning before work, just, um, did a lazy 60 minutes at 5.12 per K with Remy for 11.8 K. Um, then yeah, went off to work and, um, then Saturday came around and, uh, which was yesterday and, uh, yeah, went off to Hastings Park run with the guys with the idea of, um, having a massive group and we did have a massive group. The first six places across the line were all the run culture hours and it was great, like, uh, we just ran together um, and helped, you know, try to pace um, Joel McGill around for a PB. Um, we were probably a bit too quick early, and, and so Joel faded a little bit, but it was still an amazing run, and um, he'll be, you know, so much better for it. Uh, we did a 3K warm-up, 4K warm-down, uh, ran the park run at 16.48 at 3.20 per K, um, and then after that, I felt pretty good, so the plan originally was to... Um, get another 3k and 4k in at half marathon pace but I just did the after five minutes just did the 3k um at 314 per k with Pete Dutton and so and we called it a day um that was plenty once again and it was the same idea like you know I finished it feeling fit feeling good but at the same time just sort of having that inkling that oh let's just not dip into the well here um it's not you know I still got seven weeks until Canberra 50k I've got plenty of times I'm only five weeks post two bays and uh you know this was um you know just a week off New Zealand where I really pushed myself you know um in terms of uh yeah lack of sleep and um and uh and then I've just been pushing myself sort of from a lot of different angles um with life so it was plenty and then um after that in the afternoon just ran with Remy uh for 7.2k at 5.09 per K for 37 minutes. Um, and uh, that afternoon, yesterday afternoon, it was great. Like just for a bit of a birthday celebration, I had um, some of my closest friends over and we just um, played spike ball. I've been getting right into spike ball since my Wilson's prom trip um, a few weeks ago. And um, so we did a spike ball tournament and then just had a bit of a feed. Had just made a quiche and a pasta and, um, yeah, just had a lot of snacks and um, everyone just um, hung around my place at Bolty Court. And then it was off to mum and dad's and, um, you know, more eating and more celebrating and more spike ball. Um, and then we watched a movie last night um, at mum and dad's. So that was good times with the family. And then this morning it was um, up early, 8 o'clock um, for Patterson River where we had another good group of the run culture hours. So good turn up, about 10 guys, um, 10, 10 people, um, you know, all, all doing the same thing, all doing a long run um, and everyone's doing different distances. I ended up doing um, a good 2 hours 40 
just with um, Canberra in mind, but very slow pace, 422s, 36.7k. Um, but that, you know, that brought me to a 58k weekend, which was a lot of running. Um, and I was pretty happy with the week, a 148k week. Um, yeah, like I said, seven weeks till Canberra, five weeks off two bays. And, and my last few weeks, um, in terms of the last five weeks after two bays, have been 80, 100, 120, 145, 148k's in terms of mileage. And um, yeah, my next next two weeks, um, I plan to have um, uh, some some hard weeks and then I'll have a recovery week. So this was a pretty hard week, I thought felt. And um, yeah, the next two are going to be pretty hard in terms of training, in terms of marathon sort of build up. And then I'll have an easier week to sort of absorb it all. Um, that's the plan. We'll, we'll see. We might have to adjust as we go. Anyway, that's enough from me. Uh, I hope you found that you know, debrief interesting and, and, um, yeah, let's, let's, um, introduce Pete Dutton. Welcome back to the Run Culture podcast. Uh, today I'm interviewing one of the athletes I'm coaching. He's a new member to the group, Pete Dutton. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. No Good worries. Yeah. Um, it's been great having you start, start up and joining the, the squad, uh, this year. Uh, we could finally get you along because you you got a car. Yeah, it's been a long process, but finally got what I had to do to get together and sort of move forward. Yeah, because where are you living right now? Uh, blind by it, which probably all the listeners now never heard of it. It's a small coastal village off uh, Western Port Bay. Yep. Home is probably a thousand people. Yeah, so it's a small little town. Yeah, small town, small town vibes. <laughs> and so before you joined the squad, um, like the last, um, I've been watching you on Strava, the last year or so you've been really doing a good job self-coaching. Yeah, it's been, I sat down, I was actually um, house-sitting for my brother and sister-in-law and I thought 2019 has to be the year where A, I hit 5,000 corners of the year and I just train the whole year, not miss days, and just get moving with it and see what I can do. Yeah. What made you come to that, that um, goal or, or conclusion? Like, what, why did you think, okay, yep, I'm going to do this now? <laughs> well, I think it's just the natural progression of last probably four years, adding a little bit more Ks, a little bit more speed, and then just seeing the improvements, just leap after leap, sort of times fall off and I'm getting fitter. and Yeah. Just it was the next step I thought was important. Yeah, yeah you, and um, watching um, your progress last year, um, just from afar, you you had a, you pieced together a really good year. Like you, how many days did you miss? Uh, I think in total I missed probably five. I think three were sickness and I just I couldn't run. It was a it was a massive struggle. And two, I hurt my foot for probably ten days. So I was just managing it and. Yeah, so five days for the whole year, which yeah. is definitely a first. And um, I think this is a good story for for everyone who's listening. Um, the results seem to come. Yeah, I was really surprised. I thought I didn't really care about the results too much. It was just yeah. train, get the miles and the legs. If I run well, that's great. If I don't, I'm heavily in training, yeah. put it in perspective. So yeah. I was never really too concerned with how the races went but surprisingly I think every cross-country race I PB'd from the year before 
and pretty well PV'd over every distance from 5k road to the half marathon. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been great to see. And then just for everyone um, who's listening, how did you get into running? Like, what was, what was the start of it all? Well, big props definitely goes to my brother, who, yep. John Dutton, probably everyone's heard of him around the yeah. the running scene by now. Yep. There was um, a, a family day for Casey Cadinia, the club that he used to run for and now obviously runs for again. And he said, do you want to run the 3K at Bundura? I thought, yeah. I've done sort of 3K races in primary school and I thought, something to do something we can hopefully do together yep and um yeah i loved it ever since and that was really the the starting point yeah and um from there you've never been coached or uh so 2000 i think it was 2012 2013 i was coached well i was running with uh keith burnley's group yep which um at the time had the likes of jack rayner luke matthews so I got to learn from some of the best juniors at the time and now they turn their careers into successful senior careers. Yep. So I got to learn from probably the best early on. Yep. Yeah, okay. And then how did you do that from... Because they're obviously... They, they train in the um, the other side of the city. Um, yeah, they were based in Albert Park. So yep. my brother was part of the group. Okay. So he was one of the distance guys on their um, their program. Yeah. So I would just go to with him to train in Tuesday and Thursdays, and yeah, sort of went from there. Yeah. So I was yeah. part of the group for probably eighteen months until he left the group and went on to the marathon, and yep, I was pretty well self coached with him mentoring me from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then with the with the self coaching um over that time, did you feel like you learnt a lot? Yeah, I. I learned what was best for me, what I could get the most out of myself. Yep. Plus, it wasn't solely me. My brother was a big, sort of, he taught me, he taught me how to train, he taught me how to race, and that's, people that know me and train with me, and they know how, well, my mentality of how I go about things, and it's pretty well because of him. Yep. Yeah, so it sounds like John has had a fairly big influence on your running. Yeah, without him, I probably, I don't know if I'd still be in the sport or if would have gone as far yep. PB-wise in the sport without him. Yep, yeah. Okay, and then, um, so then, like, I, I remember about, oh, I would have been, oh, about this time last year, I messaged you saying, oh, what do you think of, um, you know, joining a running group and um, being a bit more part of a running group and, since then, we sort of had a name of um, linking up a bit and just getting you involved with some others. Um, how have you found the last few months uh, running with the group? Yeah, it's been awesome. At, at first, I was a little nervous because obviously the hours are so close. Like They're all friends outside of it. And yep. I didn't know how I would fit in with other people because it's been obviously that long since I've been with a group. But luckily, they, they were very welcoming and I was able to just jump in and yeah, it's been fun ever since. Yeah, and um, no, I think you, you've really, um, what I've really enjoyed um, watching over the last couple of months with you, Pete, is, um, you know, you paced uh, Joel at that park run, um, so you're sort of obviously buying into that sort of team approach to the whole running, which sort of I'm, I'm trying to promote with the group. Um, yeah, 
tell us about how that park run went and um, what what made you volunteer for, for, for Joel there? Yeah, so firstly, I decided to volunteer because, like, I run for Frankston and I've always been, like, I love the cross-country, I love the team aspect of my place could mean something to the team. So I'm always trying to help someone else. And I thought, if I can get Joel to a park run PB, I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. He's going to love it. It's, it's going to be good all round. Yep. So we went down... When was it? Jan, early Jan? I think I it think. was, yeah, early Jan. About yeah. 10th of Jan, roughly. Yep. So I yep. went down and with um, Matt Davey, Damien Clark, and we all jumped in and paced Joel to a park run PB. Yeah. So he smashed it. He ran 16.45, the first time breaking 17, which was yeah. just unreal seeing how happy he was afterwards. Yeah. Well, that, that was huge for Joel because um, the week or two before that, he was really sort of, you know, I don't know. You, he, he, like any runner, go, it goes through a bit of like confidence, like a lack of confidence, and not knowing if he could do it or not. And then just having um, that support and showing showing that oh, you know, you can do it. And then you know, it, it was um, it was great for Joel. So I think that was a great, great. Like I, I was, I was wrapped to see you do that. Like, um, and it, and it sort of really bonds the team. And I fit, feel like it fitted in really well. Um, from there, you've uh, focused on a few track races. So tell us about what the aim of this season, this track season was, because we had a bit of a catch-up at the start of the year um, just to chat about, okay, what do we want to get out of this track season? Yeah, so this time last year, I decided that the track wasn't really working for me. It was probably mostly come down to self-confidence on the track, just because I wasn't training on the track. I thought, I'm not fast enough can't really go with these guys it's not really worth doing it so this year it was change of focus that I really needed to jump on the track I needed to see if and what I could achieve on with track races so the big focus was just 1500 3k and getting a 5k pb which yep. will hopefully come by the end of the season yeah yeah um and then uh how did you how did your um, 1500 go? Yeah, so the 23rd of January, the Vic Miles Cop 1500 was on. And I got in a good heat. I think I was in the D or E heat from memory of the 1500. And the aim was to go as close to 410 as possible and run a PB of 414.3. Yeah, and what was your old best? Uh, I think... 4.22 from back probably 2017, 2018. So it had been a, been a long while since I really broke something on the track, which yep. was good that finally felt like I was moving in the right direction. Yeah. Now, I, what I, I thought when you sort of jumped into the squad, I was like, well, you've done this awesome year where you missed a few days and you've done a lot of mileage and you got really fit over cross-country season. I felt like you've produced a really good base. So what I was really excited about was, okay, now that you've got a group, you can probably do some speed work. And it's just easier to do speed work in, in amongst others and in a group. Um, have you found that, um, that now that you're in the group, you've been able to do some quicker sessions? Yeah, I was really surprised. The first session, uh, I think just before Christmas or just after Christmas, it was a tough track session. It was 1K, 1K, 800, 600, 400, 300 fast. Yep. with a fairly generous sort of recovery between 
but by the end of it, I was probably hitting 60 seconds, 61 second, 400 pace, which really I haven't hit that sort of pace for um, probably since high school in probably 2015, 2016. Yeah. And that was a fresh 400, not at the back end of a session. So I thought, well, maybe I'm not as slow as I previously thought I was. Yeah. So the group definitely helps with being able to go a lot faster. Yep. Yeah, and um, then uh, from there, you were able to do a really good 3K um, uh, where you did another, like you, you ran another PB um, and you got um, terribly close to breaking nine. <laughs> yeah, there's a story in that in itself. Um, yeah, that was the big one. I thought I ran a 1500 PB, so I was confident and training had been going well. 72 second laps are finally starting to feel good. And I thought, well, let's just go out and race it. I know I'm in at least 905 shape, but let's just sit up the front and see what we can do. And your best was? Uh, 910 from again, probably back in 2017, 2018. So it'd been 18 months since I'd gotten close. And season's best was only 935 from probably four months earlier. So it wasn't really anything special. Yep. And um, yeah, around nine minutes, point one eight officially. But I like to think that unofficially I dipped under, but <laughs> there's not a lot you can sort of do, official results and stuff. Yep. No point, really. It'll come. And like that's another example of a race where I felt like, okay, you've just done a 1500 PB, a 3K PB, where I really felt like you benefited from that that uh that droop effect like i feel like the last few months it's pretty much just been putting the icing on the cake like you did the, all this hard work by yourself in the off season um self-coached doing a lot of aerobic fitness and you got yourself into such a fit sort of position where just by jumping in the group and doing some speed work it's meant that you're sort of um I mean, you've had the fitness to build on. You just need to fine-tune it. And I think that's what's been really cool to see. Yeah, and the big thing is mentally I've sort of shifted. Instead of, like, some of those sessions I was doing, you've probably seen, and people would have seen on Strava, they were a bit ridiculous at times. Just trying to mentally force myself to get through them, where now it's just turn off the training. Don't really know the session, but know yeah. it's going to be quality. And yeah. there's four or five guys that are going to, we're all going to work together and it's going to be one, a good session. Yep. So it means when I get into races, it's it's not like... Previously, I thought, well, I haven't touched this pace in training. There's no way I'm going to be able to go out in the PB pace in a race. Where now it's... I've run quicker in training. Yeah. It should feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, nice. Nice. And another thing, I'm not really focused on the times either. That was a big shift. Yep. Sort of those two races and didn't wear the watch which yep. something rare for me yeah, yeah i went in trying to solely try and win the race and if i ran a pb that's good if not if i got close to winning then the that's P- it. yeah the time will come like if you if you're in the top three you know top sort of portion of the race the time will come like um so i mean that's a really good point you make there like if you just race the race and run a good race then it's likely that you're going to run a good time so and sometimes when you're looking at the watch looking at the watch it can really be um quite stressful and um and get you to sort of um not relax and not just just focus on 
being um, in a nice sort of flow kind of state. So yeah, no, it's, I think um, it's been it's been great great to watch Pete. Um, what else did we chat about um, in that first sort of chat when um, I think we'd done one or two sessions and I found sort of you're just really you know quick off the mark and um, and and perhaps just knowing you know and watching a bit of your past in terms of how you race a race. Like what else did we chat about? Yeah, um, one big thing that come up in your words was yeah. we got to tame the beast. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I people would have seen previous races I've done on the track and in the road. I get eager. Yeah, there's no why. I like to get off fast in the start and yeah. just almost just grind it out until I got nothing left. Yeah, which sometimes it can be a good thing, but a lot of the time, yeah. there's no back end to my races just yeah. because of it. Yeah, so. Definitely training smarter and racing smarter has definitely made the probably the biggest difference going into the start of the season. Yeah, it's funny how, like you say, all this stuff, and it's just little things, but it's almost like just a mindset shift um, for a lot of it. Um, and and uh, by taming the beast, I feel like you're, you're spreading your effort throughout the race. Um, you're... Um, making sure your best efforts aren't just on the training track and your best efforts aren't just in the first lap or two laps and then you sort of fade. feel like you're getting more reward for effort too. So you're getting races that you're really proud of and you're really happy for um, and you're getting reward for all the hard work that you put into training. Um, yeah, it was like the 3K that I did were around nine minutes. It was even through 2K and then we started picking it up and then last lap was 70 seconds. Yep. So I was able to still close well. Yeah, where previously I would have been working hard, going seventy twos, just trying to just overextending, and then two laps ago I wouldn't have anything left. Yep. Where now, sort of hold back a little bit and run even means I have a bit more of a finish. Nice. The other big thing is um, you said shot shot me through a photo of your home gym. So you've set up a home gym. Um, so that's um, been really cool to see. And that, that's cool, sort of because I've, I've put so much focus on it with the guys like twice a week, let's get into the gym. Um, what have us sort of, what have we sort of said that we need to work on there? Yeah, I'm not the strongest. If people see me, I don't have the strongest sort of frame. <laughs> so definitely getting the frame a little bit stronger. Yep. Maybe hopefully putting in, putting on a little bit more weight would probably help as well. Maybe yep. one or two kilos over the next couple yep. of years. But Definitely glute and sort of overall leg strength. Yep. I think will go a long way to helping me. Yeah. A stay injury free and run PBs for hopefully the next cross season. And my aim is um by the end of the year that you can do twenty twenty really good push ups as well. Yeah. I think that'll help. It sounds silly and it sounds detached from running, but I think um it'll mean that you can sort of hold your form a little bit better um with your upper body later in the race um yeah the arms get a little bit erratic <laughs> with two laps to go but yeah hopefully we can improve on that as well yeah i think it all with time and um and the fact that we're aware of it is the fir- first step and i think that's all it takes if you've been aware of it then you start putting sort of the strength exercises in place so that you change it um i think also um we mentioned that oh you sort of start sitting down you know in those last few laps like you start sort of um, landing heel first and your, your hips drop um uh so yeah like i said we'll probably work on sort of that leg strength and the glute strength um a fair bit this year yeah yeah and i've done a little bit of stuff in the gym but this is probably the first time 
first season where I've done any real structured yep. type of gym where I'm actually lifting yep. proper weights. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then I, I just wanted to also go over, um, yeah, long term. So, um, I mean, I see yourself, like, given your genetics and given, like, watching John's career and how good he is, um, even just mentally... Um, uh, over the marathon and over the longer distances, um, is this where you see you your um best events going to be at in the long term, or where do you see yourself? Yeah, I definitely think the marathon's something that, like, even we've spoke about. I've considered doing a marathon earlier than yeah. sort of later. Like, part of me was going to do Melbourne <laughs> and just throw myself in, not really mention it to anyone, but just yeah. just do it and. Yeah. Sort of surprise everyone, see what I could actually do. But um yeah, I've seen John's career take off and he went from a ten K guy to do the marathon and he's just even the fifty he just goes longer and longer and he's just he's so fit, so strong and Yeah. So I think it's just a natural thing that I'll follow in his footsteps and I think you're definitely destined for the marathon. I think it's my job, um, to probably do what other people did to me and and I always wanted to do the marathon but just hold you back a little bit um for as long as we can until we feel like you're really um nailing your your 1500s and 3k's and 5k's and you've got them to a good level um I think with the marathon you can go back to the 5 and 10 and still do PBs but you start to sort of like you, that's that's it for your 1500 like you're probably probably not going to get any quicker so yeah. I'd like to like to see that you really develop those events and are really happy and proud with where they're at and then we can sort of like slowly step up. Yeah, that yeah. was that was probably the deciding decision in yeah. not pursuing the marathon early. Yeah. Was I looked at my probably five K, ten K and half times even and even shorter three K and fifteen hundred and I thought I got a lot of like a lot of years left where I could make massive gains over those distances and yeah, definitely felt like I have a lot more time. Yeah, to improve on, and I I think um a lot of it is technical, and um as you your body gets stronger, those events will will um will just come along. So your your speed will come as your technique comes, and I think that's good to really develop at the moment um, because then with a better technique, your marathon time is going to be even better. So yeah, I don't know. That's my take on it. Like I think like. A lot of the um, time that you're leaving out there over the three and the fifteen at the moment, yeah, a little bit is fit, fitness and and just development and time and and youthfulness and just need to just keep you know plugging away over year after year, um, and it just comes because you know your physiology just adapts and changes. But an element of it, I reckon, is like you once we're really happy with um, how you hold your technique later in the race, then. Like, I think then you can be, like, um, you've got more of a case to sort of slowly step up as well. Yeah, and yeah. another big thing with that was um, I thought it would be easier to run a marathon if I'm faster over distances. Sort of explain to people that I can't really run a half PB right now if I don't run fast over 1,500. Yeah. It was just my times for the races have sort of narrowed a little bit. Yeah. Where to the point that I'm getting close to my 10K PB through halfway of a half marathon yeah. 
and my 5k is not quick enough to get the 10k time and everything yeah. just correlates yeah you've got to start somewhere yeah so i just decided to start right back at the bottom 100 and, just... and i reckon that like even simplifying that further it comes down to muscle strength and and body your chassis like i reckon your heart and lungs are really developed this year um but then i think if we can get more power out of each step and longer for longer in the race like that comes down to uh yeah your strength and and your speed and your 1503 k work so like i reckon you're right like you sort of like training's an evolving sort of thing and it's always like if you have one focus you have another focus and then you might have to go back to that other focus and that's why i think this track season it's been good just to go all right let's focus on more your um, shorter events and your power and your speed and um and then um because we know that all last season you did a lot of um fitness stuff yeah and it's it's a nice mental break as well from doing all these massive sessions long miles and yeah sort of be able to take three months for them just short sessions not really worried about where my mileage is for the week and because i got a little bit consumed last year trying to hit big miles probably between 115 125k a week yeah just sort of big sessions and big long runs and so yeah it's a nice mental break sort of taking a step back but a step forward in the sense yeah exactly exactly um and that's probably that's that's the benefit of being a, a distance runner is there's always the, the um a different race or a different goal or different seasons so half season versus cross country season and they're all running but they're just different events and so like you can sort of um yeah get that mental um break and then also like be spurred on by something slightly different um and a different challenge yeah, so definitely been a different challenge from um, embracing it and just yep. really enjoy doing something different. Nice, mate. Well, that's all I had on my agenda. Is there anything else that sort of comes to mind that you thought might be good mentioning or talking about? Um, uh, it's up to you if you want to mention shoes because I'm probably the only person in the group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get a bit of flack for being the only guy not wearing Nikes in the group. Yeah. Well, like... Um, like I, I, I've been trying to get you into some four percenters because I feel like there's um a few seconds left out there every race you do um on the road, um but you're holding pretty strong in those Adidas um, yeah. shoes, aren't you? Currently wearing the Solar Boost, <laughs> <laughs> and with a um, uh, so what does Adidas have coming out that sort of the you know with the arms race and how every brand's trying to match the Nike four percent. What does Adidas have coming out? Oh, I've seen a few photos of people just using it to give me a bit of flack, but <laughs> I, then they got some shoe coming out. Yep. But I don't know whether... I'm still trying to decide. I, I know I need something a little bit more, like, new generation, so to speak, of shoe, especially for, like, anything, probably a half marathon, because, yeah, the, the Adios boosts aren't really... <laughs> They're a bit dead by 15k and a half. They yeah. just not a whole lot of um, absorption or bounce with them. I've been trying to twist twist your arm and um, like just I just think like you're putting so much into training um, and the fact that these shoes are legal and everyone everyone's doing it, you may as well get on the same sort of playing field as everyone else, especially when you're devoting so much time to running better or having a better performance. Um, uh, but what what's your resistance? I don't know the pr the price being one. I don't yep. and like the K's you get out of them. 
I like having a shoe, like a racing flat that I can get a whole season, like from January to December of road races, and they still yeah almost fresh yeah in a sense. It's all like they're three hundred fifty dollars yeah, and I don't really see a whole lot of point unless I'm doing a marathon. Like I'm doing one half a year at this point yeah, so I'm just gonna be using them for five k and ten k road races yeah. Like I don't but if I was to say that maybe they'll um, you know, potentially take fifteen twenty seconds off your ten ten k. Yeah, they they say this whole four percent benefit <laughs> and whatnot, and it just seems to be a bit of a cop out <laughs> at, at times. But yeah, who knows? Who knows what the future? Maybe but you I'll... sound like someone who hasn't put them on your feet yet. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. I, <laughs> Who knows, maybe I'll put them on and I still don't like them and yeah. that'll be fine. Or I'll put them on and they're the best shoe I've ever, ever yeah. worn and then I'll have no choice but to, yeah. to buy them. <laughs> well, the, there are the um, Zoom flies which are a bit more durable. The foam doesn't wear out as quickly um, but they've still got a carbon plate and you still get that same kind of feeling as the 4%. Um, they're a little bit cheaper as well. Um, yeah, so that's... It's always food for thought. Yeah, I saw Jess wearing them. I thought it's something to definitely look into. Well, if you see Pete running around in some Zoom flies, then you know that we've twisted his arm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure another, like, what do we have, like 10 months worth of the year, people twisting my arm, I'm sure. <laughs> One of these races, I'll be in some, some new Nikes. <laughs> well, no, it's... Pete, it's been great just having a quick chat. I wanted to get you on because um, I feel you're a pivotal part of the team. The team's really growing and it's got a great sort of feel to it right now. Um, so I wanted to introduce you to everyone who is following along and listening. So keep your eye out for Pete. Um, we've got, what else have we got coming up um, just in the immediate future uh, for the rest of the track season? Uh, so I'm doing the 1500, the Vic 1500 champs, uh, I think three weeks, roughly, yep. three weeks away. So I'll be doing the 1500 there. Yep. It's sort of a, hopefully go sub 410 in what's probably going to be a pretty tough heat yep. regardless trying to, I don't see me making the final just of how 1500 races are generally run, but gonna give it a crack and nice. then i think march 10th the mobile uni 5k yeah i think 14th yeah yeah somewhere in that week yep. so that's really the big aim for the end of the year it'd be good to finish with a 5k pb seeing as you've done a 15 and 3k pb and and just that focus has been on sort of the shorter faster stuff and then after that just transition into the road again yep and nice Definitely, definitely want to do run for the kids. Yep. That's definitely a walk for yep. the end of March and then gear up for a cross-country season. Beautiful, mate. Um, no, sounding, sounding very good. I think the listeners will get a lot out of that episode because we spoke about quite a few, um, you know, just interesting things that have that we have chatted to about um, that we feel like has helped your running so far. So, uh, all right, we'll, we'll catch up again. Um, in, in several months once you've done a few more races and, and if we feel like there's going to be something else interesting to talk about. Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Pete.